Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. We hope that it will encourage you as you seek to follow God and grow in your faith. If you would like to know more about our church, you can check us out at www.ritmangrace.org or feel free to email us at ritmangbc at aol.com. But for right now, let's get into today's message. So today would be the traditional day that we consider our church's anniversary. Um, some of you, like me, remember that very first day when everybody gathered together 106 years ago. And um, <clears throat> we don't know, I don't think we know exactly the actual day, but it was in the fall, probably November time, and so we celebrated just it's easy for me to remember. Maybe that's why we picked the date, but uh, always the Sunday before Thanksgiving is when we uh, acknowledge our church's anniversary, and it's a great thing to do. So with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, there's all kinds of activities going on and, and things that you need to be a part of, things with family, and that's good. Thanksgiving is a really, really good American holiday. Um, I think there are other countries that have their own Thanksgiving uh, at different times, but I don't think all of them, I'm sure not all of them do, and and none of them are set on the same dates. Our good friend Abe Lincoln kind of helped pick out that Thursday when it should be. And it's it's really, uh, it's apropos to be a, an American holiday like Thanksgiving because the foundation of it was very real, very strong, the early settlers were spiritual people, and um, they were truly thankful to God for all that he had done for them. You may know that um, in the original Mayflower that came over, I think there were just over 200 people on that. And by that next fall, when they were gathered together, had a harvest, and they and some of the um, Native Americans got together, 52 of the 200 had already died. So 25% of them were gone. And the ratio at that first meal, lots of times you see really neat pictures of families sitting together around the table back then. Um, but the ratio was five to one, men to female. And there were some children. It wasn't the, uh, the beautiful picture that we all like to think of. And I think uh, the average, by the way, I don't consider you or I the average. I used to think I was the average person, and that's no longer true. Um, but the average American person has no clue about what it was like, the harsh conditions, the sacrifices, or the purposes for why they came. And we're not going to spend all our time on that today because that would be a great but very long lesson. The concept that God cares for us, that he provides for us, um, that's been lost. A lot of times with the average type American citizen, God becomes just a little bit more than a good luck charm. This weekend, our own trading posts, uh, they always do the question. I enjoy the questions they do, and I like uh, reading what people put. And uh, this time they went all the way to Creston and Sterling to get some opinions on the question of what are you most thankful for? By the way, their answers are not bad. I just personally think they're incomplete. Um, here's some of the answers, no names please. 
my job, my family, my dog, okay? My family and my friends at work, everything. My family, my friends, just waking up today. Um, friends and family, my favorite one, depends on how you read it. I'm gonna read it to you the way I read it to myself the first time. I'm thankful. I've got a pretty good family. <laughs> Everybody's healthy and working. I don't know if that's how he said it, but that's how I read it. So um, that's all really nice, but I think it's incomplete because there's so much more that we need to be thankful for. Here's one of my all-time favorite Norman Rockwell pictures. This one, I absolutely just love this because every time I see this, it takes me back to the 1950s and um, and just, you know, America back then, which some of you I know cannot envision, but the old diner, I remember the first time, it was huge, the first time my family went to out to eat. I mean, we had never done that before. And we went to a diner down on Aramingo Avenue, and it was so cool because I don't think they had kids' meals back then or anything, but I was allowed to order a little piece of ham and, and a scoop, of, you know, an ice cream scoop of mashed potatoes with something that was supposedly gravy poured on top of it. And they had the, uh, the canned corn. I like canned corn. Anne's a farm girl. She likes everything fresh. And, um, but it had the canned corn that the kernels, I'm pretty sure they harvested the field corn instead of the canned corn back then. And, um, and the thing too is the gentlemen that are sitting there, the ones smoking, and, and the diners were just full of the smoke. And I remember it had a jukebox and you could get, I think it was a nickel, you could get three songs to play. And each booth had its own little jukebox. And so my dad picked, I'm sure it was an Eddie Arnold song, and my mom picked something, I don't know what it was, and my sister got to pick. I was too young to know what music was back then, still am. And um, my sister picked the Peppermint Twist. I'll never forget hearing the Peppermint Twist on the, on the jukebox. This, this um, Norman Rockwell entitled this picture, Saying Grace. And, um, and it really, I think it's as true today as it was then, minus the cigarettes and all that stuff. But um, you bow your head like that in a diner, uh, maybe not in Wayne County, but you go in other places in our country and people are gonna be sh staring with shocked looks at you. Um, and yet, shouldn't we be thankful? I heard a preacher once a long time ago say something about um, someone commented to him in a restaurant when he was praying for his meal and they said something to him and he kind of very sarcastically back said to them, well, even a dog wags his tail when you throw it a bone. <laughs> Shouldn't you give thanks to God too? Yes, we should. Great picture. I love that. <clears throat> for way too many people, Thanksgiving is little more than a time to gouge themselves on a feast followed by hours and hours of continuous sports and that's okay i'm i'm good with food and family and even football and some football too um, i'm good with those things but we really have 
you and I, above anybody else, have to keep God central always in everything we do. We need to enjoy the blessings that God gives to us, and that's true. Dwayne did an excellent job of reading to you from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. And what I'm going to suggest from that passage, which is talking about a time near the end of the times when people are going to really stray away far from God, and all those bad words that it listed about what life is going to be like, um, here's what it actually said. They're, they're really lovers of themselves. They're self-centered. They're materialistic, boastful, proud, abusive, disrespectful, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, out of control, brutal, against everything good and right, dangerous, rash and harsh, conceited, consumed by pleasure. And they act religious, but are really hollow spiritually. There's nothing there. Right in the middle of that list, I think it's interesting, is the word ungrateful. Ungrateful. Right smack in the middle of that. Now we're approaching Thanksgiving, where you and I, if, if we never do before that, we express our gratefulness to God and to people. Right in the middle of that list says, you know, there's time coming where people are going to be ungrateful. I think we're in the middle of that. That doesn't mean that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I, I'm okay if he does. Gets me out of some stuff. But anyhow, um, who knows what's going to happen. But we are in the middle of a, a culture that is empty without gratefulness. When you are ungrateful, the sin of ingratitude is a very, very vicious sin. It really destroys people. It makes them hard inside. It's serious business to be ungrateful. A lot of evil is motivated by it, and there's other sins that accompany it, especially self-centered sins. So the question to you is, what do you do after you receive something that's been given to you? And I'm not thinking just somebody handed you something, but um, things come to you all the time. Every minute of every day, things are coming to you. What do you do with that? Some have become numb to God's goodness. Uh, maybe they're ignorant to it. That's possible. But did you notice in the verse that we have printed in your bulletin, it's a popular one. You, you know it, Lamentations chapter 3, where it says, um, Fresh and new, every single day, God's mercies come to us. Every single day. Think about that. We're talking about God. God who proportions exactly what you need every single day for that day. That's how intimate God is with you. And do you see that? Do you understand that? Do you sense that's what he's doing for you? Because he is. It doesn't matter whether you acknowledge it or, or comprehend it or not. That doesn't matter. God provides fresh and new, a new supply of mercy for that day to help you face what you have ahead of you that day. 
we need to acknowledge that with him. Some, I think, have come to expect it and almost to the point where they think, well, I deserve this. Paul, in his list there in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, listed some really, really bad sins. There's some horrible sins in there. There's sins that would get you incarcerated if you committed those sins. There's other sins that would definitely get you ostracized by your family and friends if you committed those sins. But right smack in the middle, right smack in the middle, is that sin of ungratefulness. The opposite of thankfulness. Do you comprehend and understand the things that you have? I'm sure you don't because I don't think any of us fully understand how blessed we are. Talk about family, some somewhat even possessions. How about your talents that you know have been given to you? How about your church family? Do you fully understand how blessed you are to be a part of this church family? It's unique. It's a great situation. You and I live an amazing time. We are super blessed like no other people has ever been blessed before in any part of the world in any time in history. We are really blessed. And especially those of us who are of the family of God um, and faith with Christ, because we have blessings that are not shared around the world. There are many, we've talked about it earlier, about the persecuted church. And there's a lot of places where our assembling like this is, is not only not allowed, it is extremely dangerous. And, uh, and we're just blessed to have all the things we have. Do not take it for granted. When you get to the point uh, when you start to realize those things and your heart opens up and you're becoming more and more grateful and that gratefulness returns, I think I have in your bulletin the statement that it brings with it the attending blessings and beauty of holiness. I was listening to uh, Mr. Sargent this morning in Sunday school class as he was uh, telling us about um, every time that a human being appeared in the presence of God in some form or other, whether it's a vision or God appeared to him or whatever, what you see unanimously is the person falling in all before God and acknowledging his holiness and, and that individual's lack of holiness, his sinfulness. And I think the more that we become grateful of God and how he ministers to us and how he cares for us and provides for us, it should drive us to a spirit of holiness and a spirit of thankfulness. Uh, and I think that all goes together. When we can displace ingratitude and put in its place thankfulness, a lot of the other sins that have been struggles for us are dislodged out of our lives. And we stop living that self-centeredness. So somebody had this in one of their devotionals, just a statement, thankfulness is therapeutic. It is. It's healthful for us. It's good for us. So the question that I want to ask next is what to do? What do we do that hopefully helps us um, be thankful more than what we are? 
One would be change your perspective. Change your perspective. If, if you're struggling with being a thankful person, then change your perspective. You need to start seeing other people and and then acknowledging what's going on for them and be thankful. Other people do not have food. Probably some of us here in one or two meals probably eat more than some people around the world eat in an entire week. That's not something to be bragging about, but, uh, but something to be grateful for. I'm not saying that we gotta stop eating or anything like that, but, um, but God provides us. We are so rich in, in goods in our life. What about the area of clothes? Um, I was reading this week about some of the islands down in the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you say it, area. Um, and there are people who don't have proper clothing and they don't have any shoes at all. And they're walking around uh, in their territory, which is mostly dirt and sand and stuff. And something uh, chemical in the grounds that are normal nutrient kind of things get in their feet, they poison their feet. Some of them have lost their feet because of uh, just the fact that they don't have shoes. You have shoes. Some of you probably have more than one pair of shoes even. Um, you know, how thankful are you for that kind of stuff? Your homes, um, you know, when the pilgrims came over, they didn't have anything. They built what they did really fast and it was probably lean twos and that's about it. And uh, and I'm guessing most of you, including us, have beautiful homes and well cared for, very safe, very comfortable, a lot to be thankful for, and families. It's a great thing to have as families and um, people who are near and close to you. And in our case, above many other average American citizens, we have a Christian family and Christian fellowship and, and safety at that, where we can come together and care about each other and, and be safe in this environment. That's really good. So change your perspective. Start to see what other people are missing and realize you are blessed because the only reason why you're not them is because God chose to put you here instead of there. Why are, why are we not born in Romania or, or some other country where there's a lot of persecution? Second thing is pretty obvious, isn't it? Give thanks to God. Stop taking and taking for granted. Um, God gives over and over and over again. Pastors used to say back a few decades ago that you cannot outgive God. And that's true. God gives to you all the time. Say thanks to God and be specific. You know, it's just, it's nice to say, thanks God for all the things you do for me. That's really nice, thank you. But I think he really loves it when you can list a few things. And you're gonna find that the more you list things that you're thankful for in prayer, um, your appreciation will grow, but your list is gonna grow. If you worked at that, and start saying, I'm just going to name things that, man, God's so good. I just, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for that. And start listing them. The next time you sit down to do it, you're going to come up with more things. And then it's going to get more and more. And you're going to be overwhelmed with everything that he does for you. At first, it's going to sound pretty simplistic. 
But the more and more you do this, the more and more you find that you're grateful for. It'll change your perspective and your attitude. Just looking at the hymn, uh, the old hymn that says, when upon the billows you are tempest-tossed, and you're beginning to see that all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. That's, that's true. That is so true, that song is. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what trials you're going through in life. If you start to focus on what God has done and the blessings that you have, uh, you're going to be shocked if you can even begin to come close to naming and numbering all of them. And here's another thing. Speak thanks to others. Send thank you notes to people. Some people are really bad at that, but um, write notes to people. If you're younger, you're probably not good at that. You're not used to that. You're probably, I'll send a text or I'll put a thing on my website or my Instagram or whatever, and, and that's fine. And maybe the younger ones see that and that's just all inspiring to them. But uh, a lot of people have, uh, over the years, have really appreciated getting something in their hand that says thank you for this or that. Look for times when you can bless and thank other people for stuff. Um, over the years, you know, you get to do that a lot, at least I do. There are certain, certain I know my situation is different than yours, but only because of you know, just position because of the position I'm in. But sometimes I can go to a place and I can say to the owner of the place and say, you know what, that person over there is really good for your business. You need to give them a raise. <laughs> I've done that before. And uh, I don't know that anybody ever got one, but I have had a lot of people say, yeah, I know they're one of our best you know, employees or something like that. And, um, and that's good. One time I've got it, and you all love getting those. I got one of those calls at home where they want you to go see one of the swamp lands and hopefully you'll buy it later on. And um, this woman called and, and I took the call and talked to her a little bit and I finally, and it was, she was trying hard. And I kept saying, no, not interested, don't wanna do that, nope, don't have time, uh-uh. And I finally said to her, what do I need to do so that you get paid for making this phone call? And she said, you need to set a date to come see it, but you can cancel anytime you want. I'm like, okay, so if I set a date and I can call back later and cancel, yeah, you can do that. Okay, so I set a date and took down the number for where I need to call back later and hung up. And I figured, well, you know, tomorrow I'll call and tell them. I, I picked a date in February that I knew I could never go. I just knew I had 20,000 things, couldn't do it. This was years ago, and um, about five minutes later, the phone rang, and it was the same lady, and she's crying, and she's telling me that her husband had left her a couple months ago. She's got all these kids, and she took this job. She doesn't like it. You can't believe how horrible people are to you and all the time, and that was the nicest thing people do. I'm not doing it for me. Sometimes... You know, you got to let them know, too, why you're being nice. And so I just told her, you know, the Lord's blessed me, and I just didn't, 
I understand. I said, I would not want your job. I couldn't do what she does. And uh, it was it was a pretty neat thing. Then I called and, it, and after about 72 hours of fighting over the phone, they finally canceled my appointment, but, um, but it was good. Ed Lewis taught us once uh, with the board team that um, we were at a restaurant and the young lady's taking our order and Ed said to her, hey, in a minute before the food comes, we're gonna pray together. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And it was interesting. I think she felt awkward and all that kind of stuff. And I don't do that in a, in a group setting, but I have not all the time. I'm not that good. But I have done it on some occasions where I just will say to somebody, you know, I'm going to eat here in a minute. I'm going to pray for my meal. Can I pray for you? And um, sometimes you get some really good responses that people want you to pray for them, and they appreciate it. So there are things that we can do to show and express thankfulness. And, um, this was something I found in our daily bread um, recently. Uh, I don't think it's in the edition you get. It's one that they send to pastors. But it said, um, this woman, Patricia Raybon, said, the world needs our thanks because through our thanks, the world encounters God. And I thought about that, and I can argue against that. I can argue in favor of it. But I do want to say, I, I think there's truth to that. But they also need to know why, why we're thankful and why we're expressing that to them. And uh, there has to be something a little bit more than just being nice to them. So Michael Randellick a year ago wrote um, on one of his um, broadcast things, he wrote up a Bible study on the who, why, how, and when of thanks. and. So I have some of this written out for you, but I just wanted to bring this to your attention. When he talks about the who of thanks, um, Psalm 33, 2 says, give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 75, 1 says, to you, O God, we give thanks. Psalm 97, 12 says, give thanks to his holy name. So you and I know this, this is like, ground zero for us. We know that you give thanks to God. That's who we need to. But the why, um, and you can see it over and over again in the Psalms, because he's good, because his love endures forever. But here's a bunch. By the way, these are only ones that Rendalic listed. I had in my mind a bunch of other verses, but our bulletin is not big enough to put everything in there. Um, Psalm 107 talks about his wonderful works. Psalm 118 about how he answers prayer. Psalm 138, he gives us his word. Isaiah 12, he gives forgiveness and comfort. And uh, 2 Corinthians 9:15, give him thanks for his indescribable gift. And that specifically is talking about Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Messiah. So there's those are good reasons to give thanks. How do you give thanks to God? Psalm 91, no, Psalm 9, verse 1, talks about wholeheartedly, with all your heart. Psalm 30 talks about with singing, you can sing to God and give thanks. Psalm 79, declaring to all generations, just that's how you give thanks. You give thanks by telling everybody, especially the younger ones, about it. Psalm 54, uh, by giving gifts that are expressing gratitude and thanksgiving to God. Psalm 105 talks about worship. Psalm 111 talks about praising him. 
Then comes the question when. So this one I wanted to give you a little bit more. Um, I will give thanks to you forever. That phrase appears in the Psalms a couple different times. Uh, I'm going to give thanks to you forever. You and I are going to spend all of eternity saying thank you to God. All of eternity we're going to be saying thank you to Christ over and over and over again because it's going to take eternity for you and I to express our love and appreciation to him for all that he has done for us. So we'd like to start now. Um, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we give thanks in everything, in everything. Uh, doesn't matter what's going on, what's happening to you, you give thanks during that time. And then in the second letter to the Thessalonians, he wrote that we ought to always give thanks. So you give thanks in everything and you do it all the time. Now, I've, I've heard people say that you don't necessarily say, wow, God, you're really beating me up right now. Thank you so much for that. That's not, you know, that's kind of naive. That's not how God looks at us. But he wants us to be thankful because in everything, even the worst of situations, God can work and move and build in us. Some people know the verse Romans 8, 28 and 29, where it talks about God works together things for good for those who are conforming to the image of Christ, who love him and want to become like him. And my my summary of that is God is so great that he's able to take the most horrible thing in your life and turn it around to bring glory to himself. He's able to do that. And he does that sometimes by building in you and bringing you closer to him and making you more into the image of Jesus Christ. Someone expressed that Thanksgiving is a debt. It's something that we owe to God. And when we bring thanks to God, um, <clears throat> we are recognizing that he is the one who is the source of all the good things for us. He's the source of every blessing. He's the source of every protection that comes. He's the source of every breath you take and heartbeat you have. He's the source of every rescue that you experience from your time of trial. And thankfulness is us admitting to him that he is God and he knows what is best for us and he knows what he is doing. Here's that quote I almost showed you a second ago. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. A thankful heart needs to be a part of who we are always. We should always have a thankful heart. If you're withholding uh, some outstanding debts of gratitude today toward God or anybody else, you need to fulfill your obligation to deliver your thanks to them, especially to God, because God above anybody else deserves it. Let's pray together. And Father, as we come to this season, which is one that brings us a little more mindful to your goodness and your greatness and your blessings. Um, help us to have that grateful spirit in our hearts and help us to put aside the self-centeredness um, 
just the, the appeal with all the things that are around us. Help us to understand more and more every day that your handiwork is very, very prevalent in our lives at all times. You indeed give us fresh new mercies every day. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you so much for that, Lord. We do want to pause and thank you and and just express our, our debt of, of gratitude towards you. Lord, help us to um, just grow closer to you, more spiritual, and, and therefore more holy in our lives so that we can please you, so that we can also draw others towards you. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about our church, please visit www.ritmangrace.org or email us at ritmangbc at aol.com.